0: Are You Not Entertained series of podcasts feature big names from across the sporting landscape in frank, insightful, and revealing conversations. Whether household names familiar to millions or the power brokers behind the scenes, Are You Not Entertained provides a venue where our guests can be raw, honest, and open up in ways they just aren't able to do elsewhere. Guests like Al Guido, the president of the San Francisco 49ers and chairman and CEO of Elevate Sports.
1: Roger, I, I say, um, do the right thing even when it's hard. What Colin Kaepernick did, what he continues to do, is bring something that is unbelievably important to light. And yes, not everybody agreed with the method of protest, but I find it impossible not to agree with the content of that protest or the message behind that protest, right? And truthfully, Roger, you know, I think a lot gets said when we went through that. I had this conversation with a member from the NBA yesterday. Don't get caught up in the news cycle. It's constant. And I promise you, everyone told us at that time, oh, you're going to lose all these sponsors. You're going to lose all these season ticket holders. People are going to stop following you. Fast forward four years, none of that has happened.
0: Or Lord Coe, who revealed the story behind his most treasured possession.
2: Is there anything that you have in your possession that you would just hate to lose more than anything?
3: Yes, and it's sitting probably only one arm's length away from me. And it's the stopwatch my father used in larger part of my career. And on that watch, in one way or another, he timed 11 world records. Wow! Uh, and it sits here, I can see it from here. Uh, and uh, it's, well, I take it everywhere with me.
2: And has it been in your pocket and it's just there for you to hold and to know it's, it's yep. there? Wow. Yeah.
3: And I and, and the one thing any athlete will tell you is the only thing that doesn't lie is the stopwatch. It's a good sobering glimpse occasionally.
0: Rory McIlroy shared a secret he learned from Phil Mickelson.
3: Ever I know you
2: you're a professional so don't get me wrong I don't want to get into trouble but there must have been Saturday matches of rugby or football where you're just desperate not to make the cut so you could really settle down and watch what you really want to watch when you're sort of in a weird part of the world. Uh, maybe I know you're a professional, but there must be times. go, God, I'd love to watch that international.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever, I, I've never wanted to miss a cut to, there's been opportunities for me to go to certain things that I would have loved to have went to, but you know, I was playing that certain week or whatever, but you know, obviously that takes priority, but we all have our little tricks. And you know, one of the things that I do sometimes is I'll put my phone in my yardage book and I'll be pretending to look at my yardage book when I'm actually looking at my phone and looking at the score. It's <laughs> <That's> brilliant. <laughs> so I do that sometimes.
2: Is that a world exclusive? <laughs> I'm delighted. I'm not even a journalist.
1: I actually—I tell you what, I learned it from Phil Mickelson. I saw him doing it once. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good idea.
0: Meanwhile, John Inverdale was forthright on the need for sweeping changes at the very top levels of
3: sport. It's absolutely key that everybody in Governing Bodies... Opens their minds up to every avenue possible to engage sponsors and obviously advertisers, but people, the public, in what the yep. product is. And, and and athletics is a it's a very good example there. You know, always you know we've got to have the hammer and the shot and this. No, you don't. You just don't. I think you know days gone by. There was a standing high jump which they got rid of. They got rid of that because they were prepared to move on to do something else. You know, just just have a conversation that would make not me because it's not about me it's about the next generation and it's actually not about actually it's not about them it's about the generation beyond that as well that's going to make them go I've got to see this in the way that the the governing bodies have got to create things events that you and I are going to say I tell you what are you watching that at 8 o'clock tonight I've got to see that
0: The tragic death of George Pine's friend Dale Earnhardt at Daytona in 2001 was a turning point both for him and for NASCAR
1: The Dale Earnhardt situation. was probably the toughest situation I'd ever been involved in in my life. And people don't remember, I'd just been promoted to run the company like four weeks before. And what people don't realize is we had lost three other race car drivers, essentially the same way. They broke their necks to the right. When you're in a car, you had the window, steering wheel, but there was nothing and they were snapping the necks to the right. But everybody kind of said, well, that was this driver or that driver. And then the seven-time champion you know, gets killed on the last lap of the Daytona 500 in front of 35 million people on national TV. And um, that was a devastating uh, situation. And we were behind on safety. We were behind on communications. And as you point out, you know, when I knew Dale Earnhardt, I mean, I, I wrestled him once in, a, in, a, in one of the trucks during a rain <laughs> delay. I mean, so, so it was really, a, and I was young at the time, I was 35 and Never been involved in a business where people, you know, there were fatalities. And how you handle that? I don't know how you handle it. I mean, for us, we had a, I'm proud to say we ushered in a number of safety installments. And God bless, we we haven't had a fatality in NASCAR since 2001. And then losing a guy like that, you can't replace them. And, you know, a little bit of NASCAR probably died that day when Dale Earnhardt Sr. uh, left.
0: Sir Martin Sorrell pulled zero punches when analysing the sweeping changes made by his successor at WPP.
3: I mean, quite an interesting thing happened over the weekend. You know, Mark Reed made these comments about the ages thing, right? And, and, and I think he does have a problem with older people. I mean, I'm going to be very forthright, and I, I think he does.
2: But he was your man, Sir Martin. He was your no, man. No, but he, he, has loved a, him. he
3: believes that one of the ways that you will save WPP is by getting rid of all the old people. Wow, he may he may deny that, and that might be a very controversial thing to say on your podcast. But you know, if you look at the Ford account, which was run by Satish Corday, who spent his life on Ford, yeah, uh, to jettison somebody like that, these people have so much experience and so much knowledge. They know where the bodies are buried. You, you know, to, to jettison them doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's a bad analogy. Obviously, you throw the baby out with the
0: bathwater. But among the serious and the insightful, there's always time for a few laughs. Roger, do you want to know who I think you are as a cricketer?
2: (laughs) Well, I thought about it and I feel that you have to be Australian. Good. Because you are snarling in the grill. And I thought that there might be a sort of Steve War kind of figure, but I don't think you've got that many runs on the board. I thought about <laughs> Jeff Thompson, and I, I think he's too one. fast for you. Yeah, no, you're not Jeff Thompson. I mean, he's a great player, and Lily, obviously snarly, but again, I, you're not tall enough to be a quick. No. I'm afraid. No. And then it came to me, and it outdates me. But we're all old. You're Rod Marsh. You're you are that. Rodney Bloody Marsh. I'll take that all day <laughs> long. I'll take that absolutely. Love it. And whilst we're at it, and whilst we're at it, Grant, do you know who you are? No, go on. And particularly because you live where you do, I think you're Clive Lloyd. (laughs) Clive Lloyd? (laughs) Sir Clive Lloyd. (laughs) Well, I I was going to say, thank you very much indeed. Why exactly am I Clive Lloyd? Well, I loved Clive Lloyd like I love you, like a brother. It's the bespectacled look. When we had a drink together, feels like years ago, I noticed how long your arms were unfortunately not getting into your pocket that was a shame but he had extraordinary (laughs) long arms did old old clive lloyd and i feel that you are there was viv richards around him he had these superstars behind him but i think what you've got is that calm presence that keeps um roger sort of back in his box and and calm but brings out the best in him and um just sort of elegantly deals with my bullshit
0: well i I, in that case i i accept your clive lloyd with with
2: Great relish. Thank you very much indeed. I mean, there is the assassin about you, but then that double life that you talk about, we don't exactly, even know exactly where you are. You are possibly a secret agent on whose side, Toby. <laughs> so, anyway, where um, <laughs> <laughs> that was Wait, that was a James Bond. That was a James Bond for those who you... that was never let die. die. Toby, we got right. ourselves a regular being who doing <laughs> 95 minimum,
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Giles, the, the question is, the question is, do you remember the name of the police officer in question?
2: Of course I do. It was Sheriff J.W. Pepper. J.W. Pepper. And that's, that's him simple. speaking. Uh,
0: bye by bye. By. <laughs> Are You Not Entertained is a podcast for the fans that's become unmissable for industry insiders in every corner of the globe.